0: Our gospel lesson today comes from the gospel of Luke as we continue this series, Prepare the Way for the Lord. i want let you to hear these words starting in verse 57 of chapter 1. When the time came for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a boy. Her neighbors and relatives celebrated with her because they heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. On the eighth day, it came time to circumcise the child. They wanted to name him Zechariah because that was his father's name. But his mother replied, no, his name will be John. They said to her, none of your relatives have that name. Then they began gesturing to his father to see what he wanted to call him. After asking for a tablet, he surprised everyone by writing, his name is John. At that moment, Zechariah was able to speak again, and he began praising God. All of their neighbors were filled with awe, and everyone throughout the Judean highlands talked about what had happened. All who heard about this considered it carefully. They said, what then will this child be? Indeed, the Lord's power was with him. John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Bless the Lord God of Israel because he has come to help and has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in his servant David's house, just as he said through the mouths of his holy prophets long ago. He has brought salvation from our enemies and from the power of all those who hate us. He has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant, the solemn pledge he made to our ancestor Abraham. He has granted that we would be rescued from the power of our enemies so that we could serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness in God's eyes for as long as we live. You, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord and prepare his way. You will tell his people how to be saved through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's deep compassion, the dawn from heaven will break upon us to give lights to those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide us on the path of peace. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you, O oh Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. That period of time when a baby is first born is what I would like to describe as really fuzzy. You know when you're looking at something by candlelight and the lines aren't quite as clean as they are under LED brightness. I feel like that's what memories of my children when they were babies are. Maybe it's because of a total lack of sleep so my brain is completely fuzzy from those parts, but our ooing And eyeing over that little life in front of us is a little bit fuzzy, too. We wonder, what will she be like? And we wonder if the smiles they give at three months indicate something about their personality. But going on, we, we recognize that we can't get too far ahead. It's hard to know if this little one we're holding will be a teacher or a CEO, a wife and mother or a single person. Because as we journey with these babies and as they grow, we realize it's a process of becoming. Our hopes and dreams for them are just that. And in our best moments as parents, we simply want to encourage them to become who they are called to be, not anything about what they're expected to be. No doubt people had similar fuzzy experiences when John the Baptist was born. In all likelihood, the family trade was passed down more than it is today. But the personality of that baby and who they would become was fuzzy, just like babies today. What strikes me first in this story about John's birth and his naming and his circumcision today is this. God's activity is evident through everything. The first thing we hear about is the mercy of God. When the scripture tells about Elizabeth having the baby, it tells us that her neighbors and relatives celebrated with her because they heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. In other words, the cause for rejoicing is not simply the birth of this baby. No, it is because of God's great mercy. Mercy is God's compassionate treatment of someone who is in distress. God showed this mercy to Elizabeth and Zechariah through the giving of a son. And in turn, he is showing mercy to his people Israel by sending someone who will prepare the way for the Messiah. The neighbors and relatives have gathered for a special ceremony on this day. On the eighth day, the baby boy would be presented and officially named at his circumcision. And everyone gathered expected this chip off the old block, this firstborn son, this special one to be named Zechariah. But Elizabeth objects, saying that his name will be John. The people gathered are confused. No one in the family is named John. That's not how you're supposed to do this. So they allow the patriarchy to take over. So they can ask the man, Zechariah. And he writes down, his name is John. Remember, John means the Lord is gracious. John's very name is about grace. It is a reminder of God's unmerited favor and unconditional love. Already in Luke's gospel story, we see ways that God is not very concerned about the way that things are usually supposed to go. Usually, couples in Zechariah and Elizabeth's age group aren't preparing a nursery. They're more concerned about their funeral plot. Never before in history has a virgin conceived a child, like we're told will happen with Mary also in Luke 1. But God is not concerned with the usual order of things. Because God is stepping in with grace into human space. And God will keep disrupting what we expect in order to get our attention. Right after Zechariah confirms John's name, he can speak again. What does he do with this speech? He immediately praises God. It had to be so hard for not only the previous nine months for Zechariah to be silent, but especially for the previous eight days while his son was a baby. This was indeed a miracle. And the people begin to recognize it for what it is. So for the first time, the people are filled with awe and word begins to spread about some exciting and unusual things happening. And the scripture states this. It says that the people considered it carefully or in other translations, that the people pondered these things In their hearts. On Christmas, when the shepherds are visiting, Luke will tell us that Mary considered these things carefully or pondered them in her heart. The same words. When this idiom was used in the Old Testament, it meant that people perceived that something significant had happened and they were ready to act on it, ready to do something about it. So in our case today, the people who witnessed Zechariah's mutinous being undone perceived that God was up to something. So they asked, what then will this child be? And Luke tells us, indeed, the Lord's power was with him, with John the Baptist. We learn that that in the womb, he was filled already with the Holy Spirit, and now at eight days old... The Lord's power is said to be with him. That same power of the Holy Spirit then fills Zechariah, and he prophesies this incredible hymn. The first half of this hymn is a blessing to God. It begins, bless the Lord God of Israel. Zechariah blesses the Lord for the Messiah who is coming. He praises God for continuing and fulfilling the covenant that God had with Israel all the way back to Abraham. And in this section, we learn what the Savior will do. We hear what the Savior will do. He will deliver the people as the son of David. This is a picture of the power and the might that the Messiah will have. David was on the throne during the greatest reign of Israel's power. And the prophets foretold that one from David's line will rule again as savior. The Messiah will also free Israel from their enemies. It says, he has brought salvation from our enemies and from the power of those who hate us. The Messiah would bring about a new exodus, the people of Israel thought. Just as Israel had been delivered up out of Egypt from under Pharaoh's hand, they now needed deliverance from out under Herod's hand and Roman rule. This is an image of a warrior leader who will come and clear Israel's enemies out of the way. The Messiah is a reminder that God has not forgotten his covenant, even if Israel felt abandoned and forgotten. God has remembered his covenant, the same one that was made to Abraham, to make Israel a great nation so that all the families of the earth will be blessed. This is a reminder about God's faithfulness in the Messiah. So far in Zechariah's prediction, it feels like the Savior's role for Israel is to be a Savior from. Listen to what I mean. Mainly to save Israel from their occupying enemy and to restore their home and land. But the Savior is not simply a Savior from. No, Zechariah prophesies that he is also a Savior for. Listen to these words. He has granted that we would be rescued from the power of our enemies, so that we could serve Him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, in God's eyes, for as long as we live. Listen, lad. He has granted that we could be rescued from the power of our enemies, so that we could serve Him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, in God's eyes, for as long. As we live, the expectation of Israel for a Messiah was freedom from political powers that would usher in a new Exodus. But the true purpose of God's redemption is freedom for the conditions where God's people can worship without fear. Friends, when God comes to us to save us, it is not only to free us from our shackles and patterns of sinfulness, to save us from our sin. God also frees us for God's purposes in the world so that our lives can be lives of holiness and righteousness. We so often think about the Savior's work as freedom from. We say things like, thank you for saving me from my sins. And that is true about the Savior's work. But the Savior's work continues. And thank you... For saving me for the purpose of being part of your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We are saved from, we are saved from the powers of sin and death. We are, we are saved from our Egypt or Rome so that we can be saved for God's purposes in the world. Jesus comes into the world to save us from sin and to save us for the vocation of being his disciples. Zechariah's prophetic song then continues, but the focus shifts away from what God is doing in the Messiah, the what, to what God is doing in this baby of John the Baptist that they, are de- that they are dedicating to the Lord. He says, you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. Zechariah proclaims this directly to his son. Zechariah, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is able to describe now the how of the Messiah's work. He has just described what the Savior will do. Now he's going to explain how people can access this grace of the Savior. And they will do it first through John. First, John will go before the Lord and prepare his way. This is the work that we know that John did in his earthly ministry and how he understood his own role. If you have ever seen artwork about John the Baptist, and I encourage you, there's a lot of good artwork of John the Baptist, classic paintings. Does anyone know what his symbol is, what he's doing in every single one of those things? He's pointing. He's pointing at Jesus in every single image. That's how everyone from early Christianity has understood John the Baptist's role and how he understood his own. One is coming who is greater than I, John the Baptist will say. Then Zechariah prophesies that you will tell his people how to be saved through the forgiveness of their sins. John will give the people knowledge of their salvation. They will have the ability to take part in this saving work of God. God will work through John, Zechariah proclaims, to give light to those people who are sitting in darkness. This echoes the Old Testament prophet Isaiah who proclaimed that the people who are sitting in darkness have seen a great light. They will be able to live into this knowledge of God. And finally, Zechariah proclaims that God would guide us on the path of peace through the work of John. Salvation is accompanied by God's peace. There are 14 references directly to peace throughout Luke's gospel. Peace is an essential partner of God's salvation peace between God and humanity, peace between one person and another, and peace throughout God's world. We often say, that we are called to live like Jesus. We ask that age-old question, what would Jesus do? We put it on bracelets in the late 90s for a long time, right, and they were really popular. And while that is a noble question and idea, it feels like the idea of being like God's son sometimes hinders us. We say, what would Jesus do? Well, he is God, after all, and so it kind of gives us a way out. What if we're really called to be more like John the Baptist? Maybe WWJTBD, okay? What would John the Baptist do? After all, our calling is to follow Jesus and to point others to him. I think about what Paul will later ask in his letter to the Romans when he simply asks, and how can they have faith in someone they haven't heard of? Friends, we may live in a culture where people have heard the name of Jesus, But we also live in a culture and world where people have misheard and misrepresented the name of Jesus. So we have a job to do. We have to tell people about him. We prepare the way for people to know and to experience Jesus. How can they have faith in someone they haven't heard of? So I encourage you this Advent to prepare not only your hearts but to help prepare others to encounter Jesus. I'm not suggesting that you have talking points that you force on someone at a Christmas open house, or that you heartily proclaim, Merry Christmas, back to the cashier who says happy holidays to you as they hand you your coffee. In fact, don't do that. That's part of the problem. Instead, in your opportunities with people who you care about, Share why being connected to your church matters to you. Share the hope that you find in knowing Jesus when you pull up a chair with someone. Invite them to join you on Christmas Eve service here, perhaps preparing the way for the Lord in their life. After all, what would John the Baptist do? Amen.